0: To make things like this easier.
1: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing?
1: Have fun together. Did I do good, Daddy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together Podcast. And this is part seven of our curriculum series where we'll be discussing right start math. But first, before we begin... I want to make sure you're connecting with us on Facebook at Homeschool Together Podcast and following us on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. But we have a new listener
1: yes, from Ireland. In Ireland. So, so
0: we're going to really, really work hard on this one. Are you ready? Yeah, we
1: practiced on YouTube like all afternoon. We,
0: we have been. Are you ready? G-i-i-ch- G-i-i-ch. That is hello in Gaelic, Irish Gaelic. So We, we think. We are trying. And if you could. Take a moment out to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really, really helps people find and get access to our podcast by leaving reviews. It helps us move us up in the rankings. So whenever anybody these days, and there are a lot, searching for homeschoolers, homeschooling, homeschool, they'll be able to find that if you can leave us a review. So please, if you can, take a moment to go out and review and rate our podcast.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it.
0: So let's talk about Right Start Math. This is a hands-on math curriculum that we've been using I think for most of the year, uh, I think we started early, like very early in the spring, sometime in the March timeframe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, and we've been layering it on top of our pre-K curriculum for Blossom and Root that we've been doing here for most of this year. Actually, most of the time during the COVIDs, we've been we've been right. doing this, and this is basically a hands-on curriculum that's, I think, targets you know. Pre K, K, all the way up through elementary and uh, even into middle school.
1: Yeah, actually, the first level, level A, is what we're doing, yeah, and that is a, a kinder level. Uh, but they, but they have
0: curriculums that go. It all goes the all way the out. way to middle school. Yeah, all the way to middle school. So we've been doing this curriculum for a little while. Um, can you talk a little bit about the approach that they chose, and maybe uh, why we chose this one over maybe the Math Mammoth uh, curriculum?
1: Yeah, originally we were looking at. Math Uc, Right Start, and Math Mammoth. Math Mammoth was much more affordable uh, and just really relied on like uh, teacher's manual and workbook stuff. And since our daughter doesn't respond very well to that, we, did, we didn't want to go further with that at this time, although I have heard great things about Math Mammoth in future. Uh, and then we looked at Math Uc, which was similar to Right Start, but Right Start has quite a bit more hands-on. It uses an abacus to help Reinforce concepts, and we'll get into all
0: the manipulatives that they have. Yeah. yeah,
1: the manipulatives are vast, and we thought that our daughter would connect best with that. We had done, uh, we had done kind of a preschool. I think it's the book's called Preschool Math at Home, which was part of the Torchlight Pre K uh, curriculum that we had done last year, and our daughter did really well with that. But then we started Blossom and Root Early mm-hmm. Years Volume Two, and that. Took a few steps, kind of earlier, just learning basic counting and things, and mm-hmm. so we were at this point where she'd basically completed a pre-K math. And what do we do? Do we wait and not start her on a kinder math until she's really of kinder age, or do we get it now and see if it'll help keep her learning in math uh, and and take the lessons. Th- however we need to do them to make it work best. So that's the decision we made.
0: And and we do a lot of game schooling. Obviously we talk about that all the time and we you know have a lot of a lot of our short bites are built around gaming and gaming's a big aspect of what we do and she's super interested in, you know, starting to game with us, play the games right, with us. Right. And one of the limiting factors that she had was a lot of the math that is built into a lot of the games we play. And this is I think one of the big hurdles that she needs to overcome in order to take on some more dynamic games, right. being able to think more abstract, using the numbers and math to, you know, progress in a game. That's something that's been lacking. So we felt that one of the good reasons is get her into the curriculum. She, she's, you know, ready for it. Mm-hmm. She's accepting of it. She wasn't, you know, it wasn't as much resistance as, say, like we had talked about in the last podcast with the reading. You know, she just kind of goes with the math. She does a really good job. So we wanted to make sure that we could just, you know, continue on and just as much as she wants to run out in front of us, we, you know, run with her.
1: Right. And what's appropriate. So Right Start uses a mastery and spiral learning approach both. So basically it'll teach you concepts, wants you to master those, but they're almost like micro steps. And you can go into that in more detail, Matt, but it's, they take very small steps they want you to master and after a certain number of lessons, they're going to spiral back around to that concept from before, but they're going to dig in a little deeper on it. They expect mastery on that too, before they move on. So this is kind of nice because it allows, when I looked at this curriculum, I thought this is a great way to make sure that she's not falling behind. She always understands where we're at and that we're, we're going back and kind of giving a, a deeper dive After a few lessons, which I I thought was nice as well.
0: Yeah, the the looping is actually very interesting because it, and the one thing I think we'll continue to talk about throughout this whole review of this curriculum is the fact that it comes at those things in a different angle. You know, whether you're talking about a number and recognizing a number, whether you do that via, you know, dots or on the abacus, as we referenced, or by writing the number, they try to come at it from different ways and different orientations. And it's very disruptive, but in a good way, so that she doesn't get locked into the you know the simple number line you know we were joking before this is you know if we look back and remember how we learned math
1: mm-hmm. and learned
0: addition and subtraction, you know it's very simple stuff. learn your numbers, here's your number line, let's get going yeah, that's all and, I remember and and the things that I've seen laid out in this curriculum, especially somebody who has a physics background and an engineering background. Math has always been, you know, probably one of my stronger points in my mm-hmm. entire life. Always came, came at it easily, moved through it pretty well, you know, pretty easily through all college. And, and it was never really a big challenge to me. And to be able to come at it from, you know, having a, a, a wide breadth of, of math knowledge and having gone, the, you know, 99% of the way the distance that most people would ever go in math.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have half a master's in math. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> To see it at this ground level... In such a thoughtful manner is really interesting, at least just from the from an engineer, you know, from that mentor standpoint to be able to see this, because I don't remember what it was like when I was a kindergartner or first grader. I just remember I learned math. Right.
1: Yeah, I remember little bits of it from early elementary. One thing when I was researching curriculums and asking other parents what they liked best Lots of folks said they loved Right Start, and they said that they wish they had started their kids on it because it gave such a great foundation, mm-hmm. and when they had done other programs and then eventually gotten to Right Start, they had to backtrack because they just didn't have the solid foundation. Their their kids could do the work, but it, it sounded to me more like they didn't have the complete picture.
0: Yeah. One of the things like in my physics background that was so important when I was in college was... Intuiting the answer understanding what the have. I've talked to you about this a lot of times and mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's what the the discipline required but Being able to look at a problem and say I know what type of answer I'm looking for mm-hmm. like I know what the you know Order of magnitude or what is anticipated for this answer and I really feel that this curriculum you know, I'm not talking about you know quantum my quantum B class and senior college But even at this level, you know, at a kinder curriculum, she's intuiting the world around her. She's understanding the world around her is built around math, and that there's math in everything. And I and I really appreciate that, especially from a STEM point of view. But you know, I'm talking about how I have a deep background in math. I do want to tell everybody that this is not a complex curriculum. It's not hard. You don't have to have a STEM background. This can be taught by anybody.
1: It's very prescriptive. It's
0: very, and yeah, and, the, and we'll talk a little bit of how the lessons go, but it is laid out in a very nice manner. They have very good steps. Everything is very, is clearly written, is clearly understood that whether it's the activity or whether it's, you know, whatever task you need to complete for the day, it's very easy to understand. There's nothing very, nothing complex. So anybody, you know, even grandma, you know, if grandma has to teach the lesson for the day. Not a big deal.
1: Yeah, we, we have sent the math lessons to grandmas before. Yeah, and we it's have. been just fine.
0: It's been just fine. So it's yeah. you don't have to have a math background to teach this. Now I, I don't know if that's the case that people would feel comfortable, you know, if they were in high school and they're doing, say, maybe pre calculus or early calculus work. That might be a different route. But at this level, very simple, very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Not like we're counting Skittles or anything like that, but it's it's very easy to accomplish the tasks. It doesn't require a lot of deep math background.
1: Yeah, that's good to know.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the structure. So the curriculum comes with a a wide-ranging a wide range of manipulatives. This includes I think at the core is the abacus. They use the abacus for counting, so they have 10 rows of 10 so you get up to 100. If you flip it over, they do I think they have higher order number of places so you can go up to like a million or 100 million. Based on yeah. what you use, yeah, like so. so it's really it's really really useful in that in that sense. We use basically just the one to hundred side, very simple. They also comes with tiles, dot cards, which are really important to them. They also do finger counting, so you're 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 seeing the numbers from multiple different ways. I really like the dot cards because it, at least up to number six, it looks like the dice rolling. So mm-hmm. again, that's really important to us. So a lot of times, I will pulling dice as opposed to the dot cards so she can kind of you know connect the math to the to the gaming aspect so she can take advantage of that there's also geo there's geo
1: boards as well
0: yeah there's there's a rubber band boards for geometric shapes there's She's
1: had a lot of fun with that i remember playing with those when i was in elementary school yeah thinking these are they the square fun.
0: square peg boards and then there on the other side is a round peg so you can create triangles and stuff like that very very cool comes with rubber bands and there's there's even a bunch of manipulatives in the box that we have yet to get to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's important to state. So when you, and we'll talk about costs a little bit later, but when you do go and purchase the manipulatives, that manipulative set takes you from kinder through the end of middle school. Yeah. So there's a ton of manipulatives that we haven't gotten to yet. We won't get to in this, even yeah, or actually, this year I think there's or the a next bunch couple of years.
0: Yeah. I think there's a bunch of stuff. We have a nice box, a nice little crate that we keep everything in. There's also some user manuals. There's obviously the lesson guide that we follow all the time. And then there's kind of these worksheets that are kind of activities. Yeah, pe-
1: So like a student packet
0: type Yeah, thing. student packet and that type of stuff. So everything's very high quality. The Abacus, is, even though it's plastic, it's very strong. It has metal, yeah. metal lines to hold all the beads so it doesn't feel like it's going to break, especially under almost five-year-old playing around with it. It feels mm-hmm. like it's pretty rigid. Haven't had any problems with any of those products. Kind of breaking down and whatnot.
1: Yeah, it seems like very high quality yeah, components. Some of the
0: cards that you have to cut out that you use a lot, like the dot cards or the finger counting cards, you might want to laminate those. You should. That would be, that would be helpful because you do get a lot of usage out of them. So, what does a lesson look like? Um, typically, the lesson's about two pages in the spiral bound. And it typically breaks it up into about, I don't know, about two to four sections, depending on what they're trying to achieve. And it, it goes up in complexity. So it always begins with a review, and the review may not necessarily be a review of the previous lesson. It may be a review of a concept that came up three or four lessons before, and this is that looping concept that you, come, you that you talked about at the beginning. But it's not the exact same thing you did there. Like for example, today we were um, doing counting on the abacus by ones, and then counting by twos, and then we had to pick a number, or they gave you a prescription. They said, okay, start with the number three, and have your your learner count by two from there. So instead of going two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, they have to go three, five, seven, nine, right? Mm-hmm. And so it breaks up that rhythm, that little bit of discomfort so that maybe they have to pause and then come back and think about it. So it's really nice. There's obviously the song,
1: <laughs> there, yeah, there's a there's a, book. there's a CD and a a book of a book. Of, of this counting song. And they, it's done. Is it done every day? Every lesson?
0: It is literally done every day. It's the first thing you do, <sighs> and it goes from zero to ten. And it's a song you sing. You're gonna sing it a lot. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> it's gonna haunting sing, you in your dreams. It's haunting me in my dreams, and I and. But, you you know, as
1: we were just talking about this, as much as you kind of hate this song because it's done every time. First of all, our daughter loves it. So totally working for her. Totally working. And it includes all the different methods of counting, right? Yeah.
0: They have the multiple ways of identifying numbers um, by fingers, by the number, the the physical physical number, by dot cards, and also by rhyming. So the the song has a rhyming nature to it. And it goes all the way up to 10. Um, It repeats itself. So it's five specific rhyme so like yellow is the sun this is only one the same one for six is yellow is the sun six is five and one so you have that kind of repetition it's been really helpful for her to learn her numbers that way now she's still you know six to ten we're still a little loose on she can obviously get it if it's on a number line she can get it if they're in order but it's really nice to ram that home every single day and getting that visually. She
1: loves it. She's so proud. She runs up to grandma. Grandma, grandma. Hear my math song. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, they also have the abacus in the in the book as well. So it's the abacus, the dot cards, the fingers, the numbers and the rhyming. So it's like you do it every single day. Just becomes rhythmized and it's really nice. So they have this kind of re- refresher section and I've been noticing the refresher refresher sections have been growing a little bit. So As they want to pack in more concepts, like Mm -hmm. today they had the song, they had the counting on the abacus, they had uh, counting from a specific number, and then they're starting to teach the concept of tens, you know, one, ten, two, ten, three, ten, four, ten, and we we do that on the abacus, and ten, ten is a hundred, and so she can understand that there's all the way up to a hundred, and then we get into the lesson, and like today, the lesson was around a specific number, so we learned to write that number, use it on a grease board, Write the number, understand the number, use the dot cards to count up to that number. Then they had a cool little like, game with all the dot cards and say organize them. So I mixed them up into a pile. I got the stop timer because you know putting a little bit of a game or a little bit of urgency got her really excited. Mm-hmm. Went ahead and started, and she had to sort them in, in the correct number in the correct order. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then 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 I think that's like the first two sections, and then there, you know, another two sections on. More counting, more advocates use, just ingraining different to- topics and attacking these things from different different angles. So that's typically a lesson. And if you were to sit down, you know, with a with a learner, and you you know, and they didn't get exhausted and tired and and whatnot, you could probably do the whole lesson in about an hour, maybe a little bit less. Long? Sometimes you got to repeat things, like you have to do things a couple times, and like even though a a, a section may only say, you know might only be six or seven sentences long. There may be three or four different variations you have to do within that. Like Mm. do it from this point, do it from that point, do it from this point. So, you know, it takes time. And then the learner is doing it so they're moving things on the abacus or they're counting things or they're sorting cards um, or they're working on their fingers or, you know, they're doing some activity. So a lot of times it may take a little bit of time. So about a, I'd say anywhere between a half hour to about an hour, depending on the lesson. I've noticed some lessons are a lot longer some are a lot shorter. The ones that are longer are a little bit easier because you're you're tackling more information. The ones that are shorter tend to be more intense. So yeah, just just as a heads up. So every time when I look at it I go, oh this is a shorter one, so I'm going to have to, you know, understand this might be a little bit more intense. Lessons are very simple, they're not overwhelming. Easily easily we can get about one, maybe two done a week. Uh, depending on how we're moving, depending on what we have going on that week. If I do two a week, I kind of run out of space at the end where to get that second one done because I find that I can do about, I don't know, about 15 minutes with my my learner uh, per lesson. So I, I am, like we discussed in the last talk, I am breaking this up a little bit. So maybe talk a little bit about how I teach these lessons. I pulled into the idea of the micro lessons and these are short, small lessons like say five, maybe 10 minutes long, knocking out a few concepts, maybe just doing the review, then going on to something else, then coming back and then doing, say, the number identification and the card sorting or a little bit of abacus work. And in that, I get about 15, 20 minutes done a day on a math day. But I try not to go more than three days a week. I found that to be kind of exhausting for her. And she I, I start to see her, you know, drifting a little bit. So, that's kind of where I keep it to. So that works out to be about one, maybe two lessons a week. And it just depends on where we are.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then we, I would say that level A, the kinder, is 125 lessons. Mm-hmm. So one, I think that if you had a slightly older child, ours is just almost five, that we could probably do, you could probably do two or even three lessons a week and it would be fine. We're going at this pace just because she's young and we want to continue the math growth, but mm-hmm. we don't. We're not pushing it.
0: I've added a number of things to the curriculum outside of what the base curriculum requires. I because there's a couple sticking points that I know she's missing out on that I, I want to reinforce. For example, num- number recognition is a good one. You know, we talked about this before, I think in the last podcast where we knew she knew her colors, but she got stuck on them. And just by reinforcing over and over all of a sudden it just it just clicked on her. And I'm sort of getting that with the numbers as well.
1: Still has a so, problem with 15. So Yeah, 15.
0: 15. Is, it's yeah, she just great doesn't... in
1: counting to 14. It's like 14, 16, 19, <laughs> 15, 17, 18. It's just like, yeah. they're rough.
0: So depending on how long the review section is that we talked about a little bit earlier, I will add in a little bit extra. Or if I see something in the review section that is similar to one of these additions that I've been doing, I'll add this in there as well. For example, I do some site card work, or one through 10. I just have simple cards that have one through 10 on it, and I shuffle them up and I give them to her, and she just has to tell me the number. It's very simple, nothing hard. I also do this um, index card where I call it the camel case, where on the card has three numbers. So for example, one, two, three. I have the two very large, and I have one and three on either side as small. Because I really want her to understand, I think it's something that is very helpful for a lot of young learners is the idea of knowing that the number is not in isolation. It has something around it, Hmm. especially before things that proceed before and after, especially if you get into a situation where you say, hey, count from seven, they'll get stuck there because they can't remember what came before that. But if you knew six came before it, you can go six, seven, and immediately you get into your counting rhythm, six, seven, eight, nine, Mm ten, right? That's something that's kind of stuck she gets stuck on. A lot of times when you go from seven, you say add two more. She'll count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. As opposed to starting from seven, going seven, eight, nine, or six, seven, eight, nine. So I've built these little camel case cards where it's one, two, three, and then the next card is uh two, three, four, and obviously mm-hmm. three will be the big number. And what I'll do is I'll point, you know, what number is this? What number is that? So that she then starts to associate numbers with the numbers that are around it. And I think that's really powerful when they start to do math, especially when they need to do that math in their head to understand, okay, they can visualize what they're seeing as opposed to memorizing just the cadence of numbers. They need to be able to visualize and see what they're doing. So if you say seven plus 10, that's 17. Or if you go like four plus three and you can visually see four and that you see out ahead of it three more, you can visually see that and go, okay, that's seven right? You start to see numbers in their dimension with respect to everything else. I think it's really important. So it's something I've been adding in mm. and she really responds to it. And then also it helps to reinforce just the sight of the number. So she remembers those things. Mm. Also a lot of whiteboard writing. I've been doing little quizzes with her. So I put dots and then I ask her to write the number that's next to the dot. So if I put two dots, five dots, three dots, four dots, I ask her to You know, I just do a little quiz and say, well, how many, you know, what is this? This is two dots. Okay, that's a two. I need you to write a two. And obviously they're always out of order. So she doesn't like think they're in order. That's a lot of things I've been adding. Also a 52 card deck of cards. Very simple playing go fish with that. You obviously don't get the one or the zero work in there, but you do get two to 10. It's a great way to, you know, I'm looking for a three. Do you have a three? No, go fish. Right. Simple things like that has been really helpful. Obviously, bringing in the games, but also teaching math.
1: Yeah, oh. we tried. We had a go fish, early go fish game, and it had animals on it. Mm-hmm. And so she would just constantly say, do you have an elephant? Yeah. And we'd be like, no, 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 it's a three, right? And yeah. so playing actually with just a, a bicycle Sh- deck Stripping cards.
0: out Yeah, stripping out the... the yeah, because they do that, right? And all the elephants are 11, and all the pigs are 10. Right. And so she right. just knows, hey, do it. Can I get a pig? Stripping out the that and just going with a set of bicycle cards really helps to reinforce the numbers right Mm -hmm. also we've been playing uno um specifically lion lion king uno we have the we start playing the lion king soundtrack yeah that really
1: got her attention more than uh more than regular uno we have regular uno and she wasn't all that interested but lion king uno was like yeah
0: because it's got the cards it's got the numbers it's really really helpful also it helps reinforce the colors and the numbers and understanding how they switch and move. It's very also very very small amount of rules that are mm-hmm. very specific, so it's important for her to remember. Now when we're playing that that game, I'm, I'm almost every single turn I'm telling her that, you know, it's that n- number 7 or any other color that has a 7, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, a different number of that color or a different color of that number, right? So it it's a good way for her to reinforce those those aspects. So again, that's another game that we play. And these are the type of things that I don't include in the micro lesson. These are things outside of the micro lesson because these are games. So we'll do a little bit of math and I'll say, okay, when we're done with our math lesson, let's play a game. And it'll be Uno. But in reality, I'm just continuing the math lesson.
1: Right. And works right. so well for her. She's so excited to play any game.
0: So it's a great way if you want to do a little, you know, Alfie Cone is crying in the corner right now but a little bit of carrot and stick you know you can you can dangle a game in front of her to get her through the math lesson she's excited to do the math lesson because she can then go play uno but you know she she fell into debt the trap of daddy and still math
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's not that really that she she doesn't enjoy the math it's it's just that it's it's only so exciting
0: yeah it is so that's kind of how i teach it um not much deviation from you know the lesson plan i do add a few extra things in there just just because it fits into her style and the things that we like to achieve but let's talk a little bit about the cost of a program like this so what, what what is a homeschooling family looking at here
1: so for the manual and student worksheets level a which is kinder starts at 91 and then it goes up to 113 for the Uh, highest middle school level level h so that's just the manual and the worksheets and then you need to buy the materials and this is where i got sticker shock a little bit so the materials kits, 207 and that takes you elementary through middle there's a there's a small additional 20 dollar geometry thing you need to get um in like seventh grade but But
0: it it is a commitment but if you you know you think from kinder all the way through middle school well that's Uh, Eighth grade. Right. Looking at eight years, you divide 300 by 80. It's not that expensive.
1: No, no, it really isn't. And the other thing is that you can get a reduced, it's called, I think, the Super Saver set. It's only 115. And it only includes the items that are specific to Right Start that you couldn't get anywhere else. So uh, they, they have They have all so many things in in the pack that you could find elsewhere. Little manipulative things and things. The abacus is in there. All the things that are very specific.
0: Yeah, the things like the tiles and the dot cards. Those are easy things that you can make on your own or, you know. Graph. Right, you could get them at Dollar Tree. Like the tiles, you can just use Lego pieces or something. As yeah, there
1: are other options. So we decided, because we're going to be hopefully going with the long haul with this curriculum, since we really like it, that it would be fine to go ahead and purchase the full set. Additionally, there's really great resale value for this. There's a, a great uh, Right Start Math Buy-Sell curriculum on Facebook, and there's some other sites that sell. And so we felt like, well... Even if this isn't perfect for us, it's not going to be, a, you know, it's not a total loss. So not too terrible for uh, starting out. And you can teach multiple children with the same package. You'll just need uh, additional student worksheets, which are 17 to $38, depending on your level, lower cost for the younger levels and that would get you another set of worksheets. So for our second child the, the the other reason why we felt the materials wasn't wasn't a bad cost for us is that $17 for the second child to be able to pick this up and do this same the same curriculum for a year. So that that's pretty great.
0: Yeah, that poor second kid is never going to get anything new
1: so if you want to do two children at once, you will need to get, uh, there is an option. I think when you buy, it's extra $10. Instead of getting a worksheet spiral bound, you can get them as a digital PDF and then you can print as many as you want. Uh, You will have to get like a second abacus. I think it's like 15 bucks. So a little bit, a little bit pricey, but really for the long haul with the materials, not, not bad to do and having good resale. I would say that if this is a curriculum that you want, I believe this was the one that was going to charge shipping. And I went to Rainbow Resources, which we talked about uh, earlier in the first part of our curriculum series about where to find good curriculum. And they have free shipping over, it's over $35 maybe. So I ended up getting it from there so I didn't have to pay shipping.
0: So we'll get into the pros and cons and neutral aspects of the curriculum and Again, we want to always reiterate that, you know, every curriculum has its ups and downs and a lot of those ups and downs may be unique to us. So do consider what we're saying with respect to what your learner likes and what your learner doesn't like and, you know, keep those caveats there. So the first thing that I do, uh, I like about this is that, you know, as an engineer physicist, it is enjoyable to see the creative way that they are teaching these concepts of addition and subtraction. I really think it's a nice base. I think it's, um, it helps to reinvigorate that there's math in everything and the way we're incorporating that into the games. And we know that our 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 learner loves games and games are such an important thing that we're going to be doing just as a family going forward for, you know, forever. You know, it's important for her to have good math skills in mm-hmm. order to, for her to, you know, sufficiently beat me in a lot of these games that <laughs> I know she's going to do.
1: I'm going to have no chance. I'm kind of
0: teaching her how to destroy me in games. It's... <laughs> I'm seeding my own doom.
1: (laughs) I'm never going to be able to play any game with you guys.
0: I can feel a lot of rage quitting coming up in my future.
1: I mean, I can only right now play games that have luck involved. And once you teach her, you can't score
0: this much on terraforming Mars. How did you get three hundred points?
1: You know, we actually this is like true story. We we played terraforming Mars with uh, some some friends. uh, They're teenagers, and we were just slaughtered yeah, like for i example, mean i don't even know how they scored that many points
0: yeah we're getting victories of say 120 points and they come rolling in with like 220 we didn't even know that was capable
1: yeah yeah it was, or was it Terraform mars or was it was a dice forge anyways Whatever. yeah we got totally just schooled by some teenagers so
0: anyway so i think i'm seeding my future <laughs> doom with the math um i like the layering aspect of the curriculum as well how it, how it continuously comes back and it does feel even though it is a mastery program if your learner did not like a hundred percent retain that information, you know, you're going to come back and you're going to reiterate and reinforce it again. You got another opportunity to try to do it. You don't have to be so hard nosed that they learn every single little thing you, cause you know, they're going to be coming back to it and they, they know they're going to be learning it in a different way. And so that's been, you know, just a great, I, I love how it comes at things in a different way. Cause that's kind of a, a learning style that I've been doing with her for, for a while. Is this coming at things from a different angle, and how how I see how she responds to that, and that is an important thing, you know, just from my relationship with her, understanding what she likes. This curriculum does that for her, and I think that's really important, especially since you know we are STEM people. STEM is the M is really important to me as I stare at all my physics books <laughs> on my wall right now. Um, it is important to me. I want her to know these things. You know, whether she becomes a STEM person when she grows up or not, I, I want her to have a good basis of this. And I really feel this is doing that. So this is kind of leading me to be a good recommendation for this curriculum. Um, I do like all the manipulatives because it really helps our kinesthetic learner. All the little things that she can touch, all the things she can move. Again,
1: the just, abacus has been great.
0: The abacus is really cool. I found her a couple of times just taking the abacus and playing with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not that she's like, you know, oh, look, Daddy, I'm counting all these things. She's just playing with it and moving it. And again, it goes back to that physical world embodies the math you learn type of type of idea. And I I really love that concept because I think that's super important. And that's one thing that I think is lost when people teach math is that they look at it as a language and they don't. You know, like if you teach a language, one of the best ways to teach that is actually go to that area, immerse yourself into it, right?
1: Yeah, teach a language through culture.
0: Yeah, teach a language through culture, watching TV shows, watching movies through that. That's a great way to learn that language. Same thing with math. I really think we lose this. Like, for example, in the Blossom and Root STEM activity the other week, they had us go out and harvest things, like, for example, rocks and sticks and whatnot. And then we had to count them and plot them on a graph. That is just a great way to reinforce the idea that math is in is everywhere you look From the number of books you have To the temperature outside To the gallons, miles per gallon in your car Math is everywhere And to, to experience math And have a good appreciation that You are immersed, that math is just a, ref, a reflection of the world around you As opposed to this terrible evil Thing that I don't like to do I think it's a good basis for her to get into That being said, let's talk a little bit about The cons of the program Big thing for me because I'm you know, a penny pincher type of guy, it is a costly program. So there's a little bit of a fear that if your learner didn't like it, like for example, some of the trials that I've been having with the the reading curriculum, which I have been, thank you to that Reddit mom who helped me. I have some breakthroughs today, even just today on the reading programs have been really helpful. But um, what if your, your learner doesn't like this curriculum or they don't respond to it? There's a little bit of a fear there that you're going to, I'm going to drop $300 You know, from us, we've been doing a lot of digital curriculums, and, you know, those are cheaper curriculums. And actually, spending $300 on a thing is a little terrifying. But as Ariel said, there's a good resale value on the curriculum. So that should kind of, you know, get past some of that anxiety.
1: And the next episode in the curriculum series is all about how to find used curriculum. So stay stay tuned.
0: tuned. Um, Some of the games that are in the activities are, I think, a little little lame. Not lame, but. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I play these awesome video games every day. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, dude, let's play Pong. You know, it's just, it just doesn't have it, right? So we play a lot of fun games with her. And then I'm sure these games are fun, but compared to what she plays with on a daily basis, they're not really super exciting. The activities don't get as much distance as I would have hoped. I, some of these activities I, I wish we would be able to come back to. There are a lot of activities where you cut them out and then you. Cut the pieces out. And you use them a couple times. She just doesn't respond to them as much. We still do them. But sometimes I, I can see the writing on the wall. When I see the activity that I go. Okay this may be an only a one time use thing. And the last one is just, just kind of a joke. But you know. the Yellow is the sun. I've been singing it forever. So I have two great fears in my life. One is aliens. As my wife knows. And the second one is hearing that song. Over and over and over and over again. So it's kind of a joke joke con there. But Um, you do sing that song a lot. So be prepared. You, you may, you may hate that one. Um, something that I'm kind of neutral on is that even though the curriculum has a lot of manipulatives and that's really helpful for my kinesthetic learner, you are still sitting in a chair at a desk a lot. And I really feel that there, this curriculum could benefit just a little bit, maybe even a five or 10% improvement to get up, get moving, go outside do some activities, do some unique things that maybe get you out of the chair. The last thing you want to do is kind of like associate math with sitting down and staring at a table and playing with little things on the table. There's there are ways to teach math that are beyond just sitting on the table. And if you do, you know, some YouTube or you do some uh, Google searches, you can find easy ways to do that if you need to incorporate that. But that was something that was missing. So I kind of I kind of wish they would have a little bit more there. But all in all, I'm very positive on this curriculum. I like it. We're going nice and slow. We're going at a good pace for her. I could go a little bit faster like this week. You know, I'm almost done with the lesson, so I could probably jam in another one. She doesn't really fight me on doing the lesson. I like the approach.
1: Yeah, she looks, she looks forward to getting her lessons done. She doesn't dread them at all.
0: No, she doesn't. So I've been pretty happy about that and just been happy about the curriculum in general. And I didn't know if I was going to like one of these kind of, you know, we've been doing the digital curriculums. I didn't know we'd like one of these pre-boxed. Here's everything, mm-hmm. you know, especially with my unschooling kind of, you know, nervous twitch on, <laughs> on doing a lot of these things. Or just being adaptive, like being able to move and switch and change. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, I liked it. Um
1: Yeah, I think it's very well thought out. You know, it it's is. it's very prescriptive. You don't have to you're adding extra things to it, which is great. Which is fine. But I don't think that a parent needs to add anything to it if they just want to open and go. There's tons of manipulatives for you and because it teaches things in such a different variety of ways, there's. it seemed like there was something that's bound to resonate with your learner, which is one of the reasons I really liked it too, because for the cost, I was a little bit concerned. I know she's kinesthetic. She'll probably like all these mm-hmm. pieces, but knowing that it's going to approach things from different ways, it's like, okay, well, one of these is going to resonate. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is the right start, Math. We hope you enjoyed this review. Hopefully it helps you make a good decision on You know what you want for your learner, your pre-K, K, K, and your early years learner. Um, But let's get into something that we're interested in this week, something that we're excited about.
1: Yeah, we're into Lego this week. Oh my
0: gosh, for the first time! I know
1: Matt and I have been just like (laughs) (sighs) we've been waiting. Well,
0: we've made we've we've gone from Mega Blocks to yeah, Mega Blocks
1: were like a detour we didn't ask for; it was a gift.
0: Yeah, I am Duplo. From Planet Duplo. Yeah,
1: we were like we were like Mega Bloks, but she could play with them at a year, and I think Duplo yeah. was a year and a half, maybe. So that's why. Anyway, uh, Mega Bloks out. Mega First thing out. we got, you know, we got Duplos, and we were like, "Yay, Duplo!" But you know, Duplos are only only so great. Matt and I have such great memories as children of uh, having Lego bricks ourselves and and sets. Actually, my parents still have all of my original Lego sets from the nineties, so that's really awesome. Uh, and our daughter has had uh, an issue with sucking on her fingers, kind of like a thumb sucking, but a little bit different. And we've been trying to break through this wall for so long. And we finally also, talked with also her.
0: Also just having things, chewing on things.
1: Chewing on things in general. So we couldn't yeah. give her anything small. And so we're trying to make a make a breakthrough here before she turns mm-hmm. five and get her over this point. We've tried just about everything at, at this this point with it. And one of the things we talked to her about is that she could do lego with mommy and daddy if she could have good behavior with this and not put anything in her mouth anymore and it's been like overnight she has changed because she is so excited about lego and so we we put the little one to bed and she gets to stay up for an extra half hour with mommy and daddy and just work with lego sets and And is the happiest child
0: let's be honest those were two happy adults as well playing Legos on the.
1: I mean, we've been waiting for this day. <laughs> so yeah, we have <laughs> a
0: box that sits on top of the fridge, so she doesn't have free access to it. Right. But a few of the Lego stocking stuffer Christmas gifts that I've been giving to you for the last few years have found their way back from the office because.
1: Yeah, they were all on the, my desk. <laughs> have been in the office in
0: a few months. Um, they found their anymore. way back. Home, and we've been playing with them, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: You know, what I really realized was obviously Lego is great for all things STEM related, yeah. and yeah, you know, it's great for building and ori- imagination, the original, and...
0: the Minecraft, the original, right? <laughs> yeah. It's
1: great for all those things, but I didn't realize our child loves puzzles, she's huge into jigsaw puzzles and things.
0: Well, yeah, we have to, I mean, we have to say the honest thing, she's been doing puzzles since she was like two years old i mean crazy. i don't i don't know at this she, point she, she's, she's doing not
1: yet five and she does 100 piece puzzles so yeah,
0: pretty easily 100 piece and she's starting we're starting to find the, the elusive 200 piece yeah, puzzle that does not exist please right. get puzzle people out there please start making 200 piece puzzles we need 200
1: and 250 piece why it has to jump from 100 what? to, to 350 or 500 or 350, i just yeah. don't get uh, anyways yeah she can do she can do a 200 piece with a little bit of help and so of all the things this is her strongest area there's other areas she's much weaker in but this one she really excels one of the things i noticed was looking at these sets it's like i was kind of torn do we get her uh, a big you know classic box that just mm. has every brick and color in it and spoiler alert we did get her that for her birthday so that's <gasps> spoilers. coming. spoilers um Carefully, just you better because not,
0: you better not listen to this podcast with her
1: <laughs> just because she's she's enjoyed it so much uh but I found that actually getting the sets, we got a little princess set and I've got one that's got boats and we have a little Harry Potter set actually going through the steps, having to look at the picture and follow the directions was, she was learning a lot about, and and some of the books have just ideas in them. And so she's learning how to put those together. It was quite interesting. But a lot of
0: them did not even have, like they, they don't, like was really good at it, where it's a wordless it's wordless, steps. but it has numbers, yeah,
1: and so some of them were in multiple columns, so she had to follow the numbers in order mm-hmm. to put it together in the the right sequence, and so well, it, it was c- actually a great learning opportunity for him for yeah. her in more ways than I expected it to be,
0: well, yeah, and on top of that, we found out that she's a little lord business, like she absolutely requires you to do exactly what is in the the uh, description and then the steps because if you deviate from that, she's like, Daddy, that is not correct. Like if you follow us on Instagram, I made a little Harry Harkonnen floating orb Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, and then funny. I put Hedwig on top of Harry Potter's body and it was was it Hedwig Potter and my daughter was not happy Oh about yeah that. that did not she sat she there push her. She sat there while she was doing I think she was doing the Sleeping Beauty Aurora one. And she she had to stop, and she was just staring daggers at me. Daddy, that is not right. Daddy, Daddy, fix it. That is not right. <laughs> she was like, really, Lord, business on me here. <laughs> I think I, we're going to watch a Lego movie. Yeah, now. you got to watch the Lego movie with that one. But anyway, it's really nice for her to just kind of be able to follow recipes and, and directions and being able to achieve things. It's almost like a puzzle in that respect where she yeah it was great' is, you know she's looking at a picture, she puts a hundred pieces together, she gets that awesome picture the puzzle the puzzle here is a bunch of Legos, and you have to follow the instructions, so I can see a lot of parallels with that. I could see that she really really she will really really like this and all the dexterity work,
1: oh yeah, all those tiny pieces and trying to figure that out. I think what's interesting is. Basically, we found a way to bring something into our home that we're not not—we're not ready for her to free play with Lego mm-hmm. because the the younger child is, is too young, but this was a great way for us to bond with something that engages us as well and we really enjoy.
0: Well, it was good. It was a good, so was, you know, good sometimes when ones. you have the younger one, the older one can feel a little forgotten and instituting this little 30, 40 minute, uh, the three of us time with Legos has been really enjoyable sitting at the kitchen table and... Just doing Legos together and talking has been really fun.
1: Yeah, it's been terrific.
0: So we encourage you to go out there and get a nice Lego set.
1: Yeah, if you don't already have if one. If you don't
0: already have one, go out and get a new one. And
1: and sit down together and, and make it a family thing. We've been doing it yeah. basically every night after dinner, uh, after the little one goes to sleep, and just enjoying time engaged and playing with her.
0: Enjoying time together. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling.
0: I try to change it up. I try to put like, you know, put like beats to it (laughs) yellow is the sun (laughs) this is only one you know kind of do like a (laughs) boys to men type of (laughs) version of the song that sounds terrible